Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here at LV Ballpark. You know, V Baseball taking on Arizona State. Willie is in. James is helping out run the show. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. We were talking with a new analyst. I don't know if he'll ever come on again, but uh, Jordan McCabe is bound for big things. We know that, right? Run a Rebel basketball player. We know Lena LaRock is, for sure. She's already doing big things. She just made the NCAA tournament in back-to-back years. And Coach joins, Cofield and Willie. How are you? Thanks, guys. I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're good. We're good. Um, I don't want to bring up you know, the, the, the wounds of finishing off the season with a loss, which is going to happen to most people. But how long does it take you to kind of get back to normal? Or are you still seething? Oh, um, you know, when you have an overall season like we, we did, um, you know, it, we, we have to be quick to not just let one one game kind of tarnish, you know, a, a whole season of work that we put together. So, obviously, we were, I think, overwhelmingly just sad that it ended um, and wanted to keep playing. But, you know, um, we're, we're really kind of proud and, and grateful for the time that we had together and everything we were able to do. I'm curious because I know you and I know your dad and I just know the competitive fire. Like last year, right, the the, the loss to Arizona, right down to it, it stings, but you can't put that on anyone. But when you lose, I mean, the way that you lady, your ladies were playing and then you come up against this Michigan team and it just looked, Lindy, like all due respect, I mean, it just looked like they were overwhelmed from the jump and there was just no answer with that. The swarming D, the traps, the this, the that. How much do you carry the burden yourself and, and, and to you know, I mean, they got to go out there and perform it, but at the same time go, God, you know, what could I have done or what could they have done? How much, for personal purposes, is that on you? Or do you feel that? Yeah, you know, I've lost a, a few few nights of sleep on that. And, um, you know, and I think it just adds to my experience of just still being a young coach. You know, I kind of go back to just our preparation and, you know, unfortunately, it was just a game where we didn't play our best. And, you know, of all the times to not kind of, you know, be as sharp and as crisp as we have been, um, you know, it was kind of the wrong time. And obviously credit our opponent um, and, and Michigan, but, you know, I think there was some self-inflicting stuff there that it was like, oh, man, we haven't we haven't done that all year, and we, we, we do that now, you know, of all times. Um you know, so I kind of, you know, I've I've mulled over just the preparation and the mindset going into the game if we could do something different. But, I mean, ultimately we can't go back and change it, clearly. So I think I'm just going to carry that with me for then when we're there the next opportunity and, you know, maybe do something a little different the next time around. Unreal season at 31-3, and 21-0 in the Mountain West Conference uh, including the uh, win of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Lindy LaRock is with Cofield and companies. We're getting ready for a UNLV baseball game here at the ballpark. You can get your tickets for the uh, 605 first pitch at Ticketmaster.com. So let's talk about the offseason and what the roster could look like next year. First of all, I just wanted to get your take on uh, the transfer portal on the men's side and what is it like on the women's side because people are freaking out on the men's side. I'm not sure why. We've been going through this for a while, and I think it's going to normalize. But what's your take on the what you see in the men's side where we may have like 1,400 players eventually in the portal? Yeah, you know, I think obviously there's still just a huge influx of, 
of players because of this extra COVID year. You know, there's there's still uh, two more classes that have the COVID year, and so I think that's just adding another layer. And then, like you said, I I do expect it kind of to – fizzle out a little bit maybe but i know on our women's side obviously it's a huge piece to it um i think it's a little bit uh more so on the men's side um you know but we're kind of in a great position where um you know we're involved but we don't have to be heavily involved um you know so we're kind of you know we've got everyone coming back next year which we're really excited about and we're invested in um and you know we do have one roster spot that we need to fill mainly because we had we had a, a young woman medically retire last year so it's kind of just filling filling that one spot um to have enough bodies really to practice and, and all of that but um you know it it it, it, it definitely causes different things to think about you know and uh, across the country you mentioned the uh, medical retirement did you uh, check out what uh, Jay Thomas was doing at the Sweet 16 at all? Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm just so proud of Jade, of everything that, you know, um, she's doing. You know, she's she was a great basketball player, but she's got this other passion and, and career, you know, of, of broadcasting and, um, you know, doing that. So, uh, you know, obviously we were bummed when kind of her – basketball career came to an end but if anything you know i kind of always say every disappointment is a blessing and she's been able to take some great opportunities on the broadcasting side and our our great broadcasting school that we have at unlv so you know really really proud of her i am very impressed with the broadcasting school at least has taught jade and how she's implementing it because when coaches come in after games some of them can really be cranky and can be jerks (laughs) And you don't have to comment on Mick Cronin, but he can be a jerk. And he was being a jerk on Thursday night after it was a heartbreaking loss. But Jade Jade stood in there and asked him a question, and he gave her a three-word answer. And I wanted to stand up and be like, answer her question, brother. What are you doing? Uh, so she's getting trial by fire because, uh, you know, hey, there are times when players and coaches just aren't in the mood, but you got to do your job as a journalist. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just, I mean, that's, that's experience that, you know, students across the country don't have. Um, and that's, you know, I think the power of our broadcasting school and the journalism school. And, you know, I, I credit Jade. She's, she's brave and bold to, to put herself out there, which a lot of, you know, kids and young people won't either. So, you know, a lot of the credit goes to her. Yeah, she's going to be really good. Believe me, back in my day when I was learning, I don't know if you remember the name, Teresa Grentz. She's an all-time women's basketball coach, but she was at uh, Rutgers in Illinois, and uh, mm-hmm. she called me Mr. Negative because I was being oh. – I was out – yeah, oh, yeah, when I was like 20 years old, and I was like, okay. Um, and I probably was being too negative, so she, she was probably right. Um, but that's, that's how you learn. That's how you learn. So I'm glad Jade's doing what she's doing. I'm going to ask you a, a weird one on the transfer portal. Uh, maybe it's because the the money is bigger on the men's side, and, and that's what the guys are trying to chase. Do you think there's a difference between young men and young women in terms of their patience, where women are more likely to stick it out at programs? Do we want to go down this path? What do you think it is? Uh, I think there's a lot of factors. Um, you know, obviously the you know men and women, even you know professionally, they have different opportunities. You know, which I think uh, it's growing, obviously, on the women's side um, and overseas and all of that. But, 
you know, there's there's just frankly more on the men's side, and so um, you know, I think that that creates different motivations of why you make decisions um, and where those decisions are based. So um, sometimes they can be more uh, personal interest oriented, um, or, and instead of you know, kind of team driven, and so. Uh, you know, there, again, I, I think whether it's, you know, obviously the NIL and the money out there and whatnot, um, you know, there, there's a lot of different motivations for being in the transfer portal and, um, you know, uh, but there's also a lot of cases where like, you know, kids are in there for the right reasons and, you know, they just, they didn't, they didn't, you know, pick the right place the first time around or, you know, there was a coaching change or something and they're looking for a better spot, you know, so you hate hate to clump, clump everyone in the portal in some, you know, stereotypical box. But, um, you know, there, there there's a lot of different reasons for it, I think. Speaking to UNLV Lady Rebels coach Lindy LaRock, the reigning Mountain West coach of the year. Lindy, I saw a couple of interesting tweets NC2A Women's Basketball Tournament, both the first and second round games, regionals, they've set attendance records. And Sunday's Iowa versus Louisville women's game had more TV viewers than any NBA game ESPN has aired all season. Hello, Caitlin Clark, amazing ball player, junior, doesn't need to declare and could probably make more money in her senior year than if she went to the WNBA. <laughs> Well, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's totally said, true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if that's totally true, but um, in the, with NIL, her, her well, her, she could also get endorsements in the WNBA, which would bump up right. from her salary. And, yeah. yeah, and you put and you put in overseas contracts and stuff. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure she's making more money maybe than even me right now, which is good <laughs> for her. But um, you know, I uh, it it. You know, she, she is a heck of a player and, and deserves all of that. But, you know, I, I think some of that talk discredits the, the professional league, and I don't totally believe in that. Well, it, it, and it's not to discredit it. It's more so I think the NIL is is a benefit to not just the men but also the women. They have these, these sites that have the NIL valuation. I mean, the Cavender Twins – they're you know in upwards of seven figures. I mean, there. I mean, can you imagine if the NIL was in place when Sabrina Ionescu was playing or the Gonzalez twins? I've said that before, but I just feel as if, hey, get their just due. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to thrive off that, and you see these numbers, these network numbers, then by all means, she deserves to make money off her name, image, likeness. And if there's going to be pay, uh, people out there, products or businesses out there that want to pay for it, so be it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's great, you know, um, and I think there's a, a market for that, and you know, certain players, like you said, whether it's Sabrina or even you know Caitlin Clark, now I think they're very deserving, um, you know. But kind of coming back to a lot of the different things, you know, I think that's that's you know not the majority of of student athletes in in college, you know, um, but the ones that can benefit, I think they should, and I think they are. Linda LaRock is with us for uh, about another 90 seconds. i got about a minute here, Coach, uh, and I just wanted you to help break down what's going to happen in the uh, women's Final Four. Are we going to get some upsets here? Are we going to see uh, in the end, well, I mean, VTech's a one seed, but um, I think most people think it's going to be LSU and South Carolina, or do we see some upsets? I don't know. I think, I think you know, we got to be ready for some upsets. You know, I, I thought South Carolina, to be honest, was going to be unbeatable, but kind of the more I think about just style of play, 
you know, I, Iowa has the style of play that I think could, if they can make, you know, I think some of my players today, if they can make, you know, they made 16 threes against Louisville, if they can make 15 or more threes against South Carolina, I think it's a, you know, it's a good game because they want to play in the in the 90s and they, they got to force South Carolina to score. You know, they want to play in the 50s and 60s. And from LSU and, and Virginia Tech, I mean, I'm really excited for that matchup. I think Virginia Tech is really, really good. Obviously, LSU has had a phenomenal season, too, and I had a chance to see them in person a little bit, and, and they're as good as advertised. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I think that's going to be a great matchup. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, uh, you know, Iowa and Virginia Tech or wow. South Carolina and Virginia Tech and not just, you know, South Carolina LSU. Coach, we appreciate it. Thank you so much uh, for the spot, and especially on short notice. Uh, enjoy whatever time you have off, because I know it really never stops. Yeah, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm watching the baby right here, and I'm glad that she was pretty quiet for you guys today. So Perfect. I'm nervous that, uh, you know, she was going to be on the radio show too. So appreciate you guys having me. Uh, always happy to chat with you, and, you know, let's do it again soon. Thanks, Lynn. There she is, Lindy LaRock. Um, the odds in the women's Final Four, LSU is favored by two over VTech, and then South Carolina is a massive Eleven and a half point favorite against Iowa. Giveaway time: three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. We got a pair of tickets to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers Saturday, April first. It's at Allegiant. You can grab your own tickets if you don't win the tickets from Ari at Ticketmaster.com. It's Ticketmaster.com. The show is at the Al. It's April first. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ari's got a pair right now. Two tickets to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Willie's here. Here is LV Ballpark. UNLV's taking on Arizona State, so a big UNLV day for Cofield and Company. 6.05 first pitch. I almost said tip. I'm still in basketball mode. 6.05 first pitch. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com or just come out here. They start at 25 bucks, and I mean, this is a crown jewel of uh, baseball stadiums uh, in the Pacific time zone, and UNLV is playing a game here against a uh, you know pretty legendary program in Arizona State. Stan Stolte is here with us, the uh, coach. You go, you you want to be coach or manager? I always wonder, like in yeah, like everyone else is a coach, and in, but in baseball at the highest level, they're managers. What do you like? Yeah, yeah at, well, at college they usually go by coach. Okay. So. We I'll go with Skip or Skip. Yeah, there you go. All right, Skip. Yeah, they call you by the last name, or they, a lot of the kids just call me Stoltz. I'll so. never forget, real quick. So. I'll never forget when when Mike and Mike were together <clears throat> in the mornings, Golick and Greenberg. There was yeah. they had Sosha on. Yeah, and they signed off, and just like we do, be like you just got done with Lindy. He said, "Okay, coach." I was like, "All right, Lynn." And Greenberg, the very last, he goes, all right, manager. And, then, okay. and it went to break. Right. And then and it was a long-running joke yeah. thereafter. and became always, a promo on there. I always think other sports should make their coach or manager wear the same uniform. Wear the like uniform. In baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see some of these basketball coaches. And, right. Rex Ryan's running the yeah. defense of the Broncos. He's yeah. in a football uniform. Yeah. Let's go. That would be great. Come on, Rex. Strap it up. With pads. So we were just talking basketball before we came in um the the men's final four and then the women's final four you're mentioning you're a midwest guy and iowa has made the final four and they have i mean you would argue right the the best player on the women's side and caitlin clark caitlin clark or Aaliyah boston usually but caitlin yeah. clark Reese really is very good for LSU. probably yeah. the most exciting to watch absolutely yeah. yeah there's yeah there's no doubt about it i mean it's you know it's just it's what she does all around, yeah. Shooting, assist, rebounds. I mean, she's just she's a phenomenal athlete altogether. So yeah, I mean, 
she 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 pretty much I mean the last game she proved her point in terms of what she's capable of doing but this is when the best of the best meet so we'll see Aaliyah Boston is is you know no second yeah. fiddle to anybody so yeah I think they'll probably have a game plan to stop her probably I would think we've been talking about the transfer portal ad nauseum you know with uh, men's college basketball and a lot with college football because there's going to be a whole wave here after spring practices where you know a few hundred guys more than that probably go in where's college baseball with the portal because i know you guys are you guys are plucking it and using it yeah no it's it's very relevant and it's going to keep getting uh more used i'm sure a lot of teams why recruit a high school kid when you can get a transfer that's you know more ready i should say and I think that's the direction. Well, it's definitely going that way. So you want to be old and stay old. Yeah. Um, we were just talking to Lindy LaRock about, you know, things normalizing, but that probably won't happen until after all the COVID extra years yeah. run through, and that's at least another, what, two or three years. No, I think baseball is about ready now. The okay. COVID is about done. But right. but uh, I don't know if it'll normalize. I just I think everything, it'll, the, huh. you know, and nowadays in all sports, I think some of the, the really good players, they know where they're going even before they get in the portal. It's it's so out of control and crazy. So, Well, on the men's Final Four, <clears throat> I talked to Barry Odom, the football coach, last week, and I said, hey, when you see Florida Atlantic in or a Miami hasn't been a basketball power there in – like, what can that do for football in terms of, of balance, right? Like, does it is that actually encouraging that you don't have to be a power five to make the final four? What's it like in the baseball world? And I, I don't think you've had to be a power five. There's a lot of mid-majors that have been massive powers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still still to be determined, I believe. Um, you know, we're going to – it works both ways. You know, the big schools obviously are going to come after some of the – talented mid-majors but there's some pretty good kids not playing at the big schools too that you know that want to play so yeah but yeah. baseball has been in college baseball i mean i remember i don't know if it's still like that i don't follow it like I mean, when i was coming up in journalism and still a young journalist and was over at unlv all the time but talk about mid-majors i mean like going to cal fullerton was a big deal oh, and that's a mid-major so i mean I, I there were baseball players that would much rather go to fullerton than they would a pac-12 school because I mean, Absolutely. the Titans yeah. were the Giants. Yeah, and even, like, with the schedule, we've, we've scheduled Ohio State and teams like that, and they don't, like, if we beat Ohio State, the normal fan says, wow, great job. But they're no better than Bakersfield, Riverside, right. UC San Diego. <laughs> you know, so it's it's just uh, all perception, I guess. But uh, and the, but the Power Five is picking, the Big Ten's getting a lot better in baseball, and the SEC's in its own, own world yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. Big 12, it, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's some programs. I know Oklahoma's yeah. program is... Yeah, Known some kids we played at Arkansas th- two, three weeks ago, and it's incredible. It's Why like, is that? It just—it's probably the stadium's just like this. The one. facilities, yeah, it could be a Triple A part. Yep, and that's why you know again not to yeah. now I'm going back and not to depress everyone, but that is why you know there are so many schools, mid majors who are thirsting to get to the Power Five because Absolutely. the money gap now yeah. is so big, and it really helps everyone in yeah. the athletic department. So let's talk about the season. Stan Stolte's here with us. Game coming up against Arizona State, LV Ballpark. Ticketmaster.com is where you get the tickets. So you guys aren't going to win 40 games. It's not going to be the gaudy record no. like you had last year. Um, but I know you tried to schedule more aggressively. You just yeah. mentioned Arkansas. So give me your read now that you changed up the non-con scheduling. What do you think of the season so far? Well, probably having second thoughts on scheduling is tough, so we did because uh, – you know, we've had some injuries, but that's not the excuse. We have three position players that haven't played as much as we like due to injury. But I scheduled with the idea of being able to, at the end of the year, have a good enough RPI. You know, basically we went for it, and basically it didn't turn out as well as we'd like. And uh, 
and um, you know we played Arkansas and Oklahoma f- four games and we, we were in you know could have realistically won two of them but we didn't and uh, you need to you know to get your RP up high up at the end of the year you have to yeah. have to I, I think it was worth it because in the, I, in the end yeah you had you had a great record last yeah. year and then the numbers weren't there yeah. and if you don't win the Mountain West Conference tournament yeah. You're not going to make it, so you still can win the Mountain yeah. West Conference tournament, and it doesn't matter what the record is. That that in this yeah. conference, ultimately, that has to be the goal, bottom line goal. No doubt, and our good players want to play good places, and um, you know we we've held our own there, but we didn't win. And the bottom line is, you can schedule all the tough teams you want, but if you don't win, that doesn't jack up your RPI enough. So I'm looking at some of the superlatives here. It doesn't look like you're struggling in offense, ranking second in the conference in batting average, second in the conference in runs, RBIs, triple slugging percentage, third in hits, fourth in doubles, and in home runs. Something tells me pitching. Yeah, the pitching has let us down a little bit. Our defense, we've had to move guys around because guys have, have been hurt. And uh, But our hitting isn't near as what it was last year as of yet. But I think once we get guys back, our catcher, uh, Jason Sharp, is still out. He won't play tonight, but he was probably the best player in the conference. He went down with a concussion a week ago Sunday, and we hope to get him back soon. But that's he's a big part of our offense. But uh, we're, we're, we got to get better in all phases, Willie. It's, it's, we just aren't playing well enough. And you know what? In baseball, it's, it's, I, when I use the phrase, it's a long season. You play series. Yeah. The tide can turn. Anything can happen. I'd like to touch upon – um, the local scene, because we've heard it from uh, Barry Odom coming in, his big deal. He wanted the fat first couple of weeks. He wanted to hit every living room, or excuse me, every high school that he could. Um, you know, Kevin Kruger's trying to do what he can. But with baseball, you know, and I've been here since 1972. I went to high school here. Um, you know, it was a couple of years after Maddox, all through the 80s, the 90s, I, you know, and then and then thereafter. Um how important is it for you, and how have you since your time here? Oh, we've, we've you've seen the evolution of baseball in Las Vegas from the, as far as the products. No, we definitely that's a priority. I think tonight we'll start seven local kids in, on the. We'll be starting tonight, and uh, we we our next two recruiting classes are local are heavy dominated by local kids and and good ones. So you know we we got to get the local kids because this scholarship situation that's another whole another show I could. Explain. But it, you don't give full scholarships; you split them up. And right. state kids, obviously, you get for less less percent is what they go by. And, and if you can't keep your good local kids home, you're going to have to pay a lot to get a good out of stater. Is it just as tough as it is for football? You know, you got your blue chip athletes that can have their pick. Like for instance, the Brevin Jordans, the Dorian yeah. Thompson Robinsons, those kids that are going to the bigger football programs. Is it just as tough in baseball? Because I mean, you've had, I mean, you have Bryson Stott here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it can be. You know, every kid's different. Some kids want to leave home, you know, and that's how we get some kids to come here too. They want to leave Southern California or wherever Sacramento. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the big big schools have separated themselves. Power fives. It's it's that way in baseball. Most kids, you know, the Pac-12 have their own baseball, you know, station. You can watch. Parents can sit at home watch their kid play every night on in on regular television and and so forth. But but they're. Uh, We'll, we'll get a good share of kids that want to stay home and play, though. So let's talk about the opponent tonight. Uh, you're familiar with Arizona State for sure. So what do they have? Uh, they just came off a three-game sweep of Arizona, and they beat highly ranked Grand Canyon last Tuesday, so they're kind of on a roll. Yeah. So the, it'll be a tough game. We've had success with them, uh, but they're, you know, they're 
you list ten programs in the country of all time, they're they're in there, maybe even five. And uh, Willie Bloom, gray guy, ex-pro guy, he's taken over, and he's he's getting that thing flipped around to, and they're pretty good. So we'll we'll have to play good. But we've beat them before, and and uh, we're not afraid of them. But uh, we're gonna have to play better than we have. Who are you throwing tonight? Uh, Noah Carbajal, a local kid from okay. Palo Verde, transferred from Long Beach State. So. Okay. What's his season been like? Uh, he's been out of the pen, and it hasn't worked out as well for him. His stuff is good, so we're going to give him a start tonight okay. and just see if that's his role. What uh, kind of stuff? Oh, he's 89-90 with three pitches and right. competitive kid, and, and uh, hopefully they hit it where we're standing. All right. Well, we want a big crowd out here at uh, Las Vegas Ballpark. You got anything else, Willie? No, I, I, I've always enjoyed talking to Stan just because I've always done stuff on from a local angle. Um, I do have something coming out um, for the Sporting Tribune, just the evolution of baseball in Las Vegas from, you know, from all the way from Little League to club ball to high school um, and, and what, what, yeah. what baseball has produced. Uh, I, I worked on a project a couple of years ago with, during the pandemic, and it never came to fruition. And I spoke to so many people, from Don Logan to yourself, Stan, yeah. to Sam Thomas over at Vegas High School, one of the senior coaches in town, and uh, and Bryson and Greg Maddox. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And I just I, I really have always had an appreciation for the UNLV baseball program because of the locals and 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 what it's provided. Well, we're trying to to keep that going with the local kids, and and like I said, the future looks bright as far as getting the local kids in. Now we just got to get this thing turned around this year and win some games. All right, get it going tonight. That's right, the get plan. it going in the right direction. There he is, Stan Stolte. It's Cofield and Company live at LV Ballpark. Get your tickets, Ticketmaster.com, or come out here and grab them. Tickets start as low as twenty five bucks. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Big week of college sports here on Cofield and Company as we're getting ready for a baseball, college baseball game here at LV Ballpark. Arizona State's in town to take on the Hustlin' Rebels. We're tracking the transfer portal, which I'm very much into. I, I'll tell you, Willie, I know there's a lot of people who hate it. I Every day, at some point, I will go to the two sites that really track this and, and start putting together my list. Like I actually like looking at it, and I'm like, ooh, I wonder who went in today. I don't, I don't get upset. I don't hate it. If kids want to move... Yeah, uh, it could be good for him. It could be bad for him. We all have the ability to move. None of us are locked in as adults now. And I, I could have gone to five schools if I wanted to. You know, when I was in college, um, everyone sh- should have the opportunity to move. And if you know you can better yourself at a different school, go ahead and do so. You had an interesting thought on San Diego State. Uh, lots of interesting thoughts on San Diego State. Uh, I was saying last hour. No, I'm not rooting for San Diego State. I'm not rooting for really anyone in the Mountain West Conference. I don't care about units. I'm not flipping the switch and all of a sudden saying, oh, this is good. No. Uh, screw San Diego State. Um, but I do give them credit. It is a really good program. They've got unreal continuity. And they haven't really gotten the credit they deserve. And maybe this is finally the breakthrough for them where they get the credit. They're, you know, going back 15, 18 years, they've been a top four program on the West Coast. No one else has been as consistent as San Diego State. UCLA and even UCLA had some you know down times. San Diego State, UCLA, Arizona, Gonzaga. That's right. They've been in that group. And the two teams out of that foursome you just said that are considered mid majors and just waiting for them to win a title. 
I've said it. I, I'm just as guilty as saying that Gonzaga is, you know, the modern-day UNLV from the 80s yeah. waiting to get to the Final Four, getting to the Final Four, waiting yeah. to win their first national championship. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Wait a minute. San Diego State is pulling it off. Maybe it's San Diego State that's the new UNLV from the late 80s into the early 90s, even from the, the hard way eight into the 80s. But maybe it's San Diego State that's been so dominant, and since it's a mid-major – that, oh, now it's in the Final Four, and if they pull it off, that's the mid-major. Yeah. It's not Gonzaga that we've been waiting on. It's San Diego State. So, you know. Um, and this isn't some recent fluke right. where, oh, they just got really hot and had a really good year. Uh, they were unbeaten two years ago at 28-0 before finally someone knocked them off when UNLV went south and, and beat them at 28-0. They finished the season at 30-2, and and there was no NCAA tournament. So, we could be looking at a San Diego State team that maybe had already made a Final Four or an Elite Eight before this, back in 2020, but the tournament didn't happen. And it started, I'm just looking here, when Steve Fisher took over in 1999-2000, and they eventually made it in one, two, three, six straight tournaments. They got to the regional semifinal a couple of times, um, and now they're in the national semifinal. And, so, and one of the things they don't suffer from, and most of the other programs in the Mountain West Conference do, um, I'll say Boise doesn't either. San Diego State really doesn't lose many transfers out of the program unless they tell them to hit the bricks, yeah. which I, I told you. They did that last yeah. year to, to one of their wing players. Uh, they had also lost, uh, it was, I think it was Keith Dinwiddie, who I think landed at Weber State, and now he's back in the portal. So they don't lose guys either. They bring them in, and generally they bring in guys who stay for two and three years. So the continuity is you know, probably rivaling the top 15 programs in the country. If there was a metric for that, I'm sure there is, but they are usually a unit that is together two and three years. Right, and, you, uh, and, that, I, I, and that helps you win at a high level for a long time. I love the point that you brought up yesterday when you had said that is the type of school, especially out of the Mountain West, where it's a landing spot for either guys that – Maybe we're playing in the shadow, and they step down yeah. to be the star, or guys who put in their just do after a couple of years and stepped up. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. They've now got an office in Reno, Las Vegas, and Henderson. If you need help from Matt or Justin, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. All right, rolling on. LV Ballpark here on this Tuesday. UNLV taking on Arizona State. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. It's actually warming. Vegas is so weird. It's actually warming up the last hour or so because the wind stopped, so it's about 65 degrees here as uh, first pitch is at 6 o'clock. Again, Ticketmaster.com or just come to the stadium. Beautiful park, and we got college baseball on tap in uh, about an hour and 15 minutes. All right, let's get out to Boston. Sammy P. is with us, Sam Paniotovich. Sam, what's up, buddy? I know Sam's with us. I can hear him. Hello. Hey, what's up, Sam? Did you pay for that brand-new phone system? Sorry about that. I was talking. Uh, well, we've 
We've had some changes. We've had some changes. We've had a little <laughs> trouble. We've had a little trouble with our phone system. But glad you shined a light on it. Um, all right. So let's get into uh, first of all what happened in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight because uh, I remember you coming on and you're like, ah, the favorites. They generally make the Final Four, and my God, this thing got blown up big time. What do you think happened? Well, I think you know teams that live and die with three-point shooting have really sort of not done what they're supposed to do, if that makes sense. I mean, think about Nate Oates and the, the progress they've made at Alabama in a very short period of time, but then when you really break down the film and watch Alabama, they are a three-and-dunk type team. You know, there's not much else they do very well. Uh, they don't get the mid-range shot, and if the threes aren't falling, they're kind of cooked, and, and that's really the way Houston played, too. I mean, a lot of perimeter shots, and, and the hardest part about being a three-point shooting team in a tournament where you have to win six straight games to win the tournament, if you have one off night, you're cooked. Parlay that with a really tough defense Texas had. Um, you know, in a couple of its games, you know, uh, Miami played really good against Houston. Alabama really struggled against San Diego State. So you pair a, a streaky offense with a really good defense, that's a recipe for disaster, buddy. Yep. And college basketball is changing. So the transfer portal is changing things where there are more players to go around. More players are settling in the middle of college basketball. They're not all staying at the top school. So it's harder now than it's ever been for the Blue Bloods to have an experienced team uh, that is consistent. And I love it. I, I think it's great. But I think there's a lot of people out there who don't really watch college basketball outside of two or three weeks and they don't see the brand names and are like, this sucks. Well, you know, and I, I still think, look, if we run this back – Yep. Take, take the whole tournament and run it back. I, I don't think Florida Atlantic and San Diego State make the Final Four, but that's, you know, in a one-off, anything can happen. And, so, hey, know, Sam, Sam let, me, let me break in for a second. Why, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not going to say punch down, but I just said it. I don't want to get on casuals, and we could be talking about guys like Barkley or fans out there. Why can't we get it across to them that this is a one-off tournament? It's not double elimination. They're not playing seven-game series. And the results in this can be kind of random at times. And the other thing is, you don't need to judge a conference based off of the play of their teams in a tournament. They're like the, This like finality of analysis from this tournament is just absurd. Well, I thought, I thought there was an issue when they first put Barkley on the college basketball panel. And, and let me preface that by saying I think Barkley is tremendous at his job. Right. on inside the NBA. That's not to say that, you know, he isn't great at his job. But he's so distanced from the college game, and then they plop him into this seat on national television, and he's breaking down teams. He has no idea who these guys are. He doesn't know these coaches. And then he makes comments like he made the other night where he said, you know, NIL is going to ruin this tournament, and it's going to be all blue bloods. And, you know, the weekend's played out, and there are no blue bloods. Right. Like, it's right in you front know? of you, Charles. You just watched it. We have a crazy Final Four, and somehow you you come out of this tournament going, oh, only the big schools win. Like, what? Yeah, and look, UConn was once a blue blood, was, maybe back in route to being a blue blood again, but UConn was in the American Conference, what, five years ago, and, and they were awful. So, um, I, look, it's, it's a fascinating conversation. I wish we had more time. I know you want to touch on other things, but think about this, too. Like, if you're a player on this Florida Atlantic team, they're 35-3 and three right now, they're in the Final Four, and most of those guys, I believe five of the top six guys minutes-wise, are coming back. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those guys, why do you leave? Potentially, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars of money in Florida to keep these guys there now. I mean, like, all these people that are going to be throwing money around keep the band together, you know? Like, I, I, I disagree with what he said. I think it's yeah. tougher than ever. And then you look at a program like Illinois, they've lost four scholarship players in the last six months. How about North Carolina? Caleb Love is, is entering, entering the transfer portal. He's the fifth guy at North Carolina this year to leave. So you're totally right about Blue Bloods probably struggling more than ever because now other programs can put up. Yep, there's more schools around the country, and there's you know just because people don't know these little communities, there are little communities that have five or six backers and can have a roster that you know can post whatever five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars in NIL money, and that may mean that FAU stays together, but there could be opportunities out there. If you don't like your coach, you don't like the way things are going, you don't like the fans in North Carolina, then you move on. I don't know the reasons on Caleb Love, but I was yeah I was surprised. Uh, well, hey, how about this? How about this? It's it's fascinating that everybody talks about you know you know like it's, this NIL is going to ruin college basketball. Were Jim Beheim and John Thompson not having bad guys go around the country and hand cash to players? I mean, like that's the reason those programs in the mm-hmm. '80s were thriving because yeah. guys were guys were able to take care of players. And now that you level the playing field, clearly things are different. And Syracuse, like Syracuse, isn't even a top thirty job anymore. Yeah. Ed Cole you know leaves it, Providence to go to Georgetown. It's a good job, but it's not a great yeah. job anymore. That's because the, the field is level now. Yeah, and in the case of Q, still bounce back. I, you know, I think we talked about this a while ago. I think most of Bayheim's backers all just decided, you know, what I'm giving you money to get players. You don't win. Uh, the spigot's turned off. I bet you Adrian Autry gets them back there, and it'll be pretty quick. I mean, they already got one of the best trans. They got a top five transfer in the early part of the transfer class from Notre Dame within like days of the portal. Um, I saw some bets that hit, including well, our friends over at the Superbook got kind of blasted. Did someone put down 500 bucks on FAU to make the Final Four? Yeah, and I think they were wow. taking numbers, you know, after they got popped initially on that big bet, you know, the guys over there were like, well, this isn't going to happen. So it, it wasn't oh, really no. dropped that much. Um, it's sort of like one of the books in Vegas. I, I remember the year the Rams played the Patriots, and, and the books were dealing exact point totals, and somebody bet the Rams for, like, Five thousand dollars to score three points at a hundred to one or something like that, and the book was like, "Yeah, whatever, keep on betting it," because the Rams were the the most potent offense in the NFL that year for uh, for the most part of that season. And and, and I, the liability bills, man, on little bets like that at big prices, yeah, five hundred dollar bet on Florida Atlantic paid a whole lot of money. I don't have the exact figure in I front paid of me. Two hundred, two hundred thousand, yeah, two hundred thousand dollars, five hundred dollar bet, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's actually a friend of a friend of mine because he's now he's in a situation. Because I got a text this morning, and he goes, Sammy P., what's the deal up in Massachusetts? Are they going to take a bet? And I said, <laughs> well, it depends on how big the bet is. And he said, well, I have a huge position on Florida Atlantic to win the national championship. And he's looking to lay, you know, $100,000 on the on the money line for the other side. So let's say Florida Atlantic beats San Diego State, which is very possible. They're a one-and-a-half-point dog. He wants to get down, and he's like, if I come to Massachusetts, is anybody going to take 100 dimes or 100000 on a – on a bet, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't know. So now he's in a position where he's got Florida Atlantic to win the title, and Florida knows what, 300 to one, 400 to one. And if they get to the title game, he's got to lay some cash down. And his big fear is I can't get enough down. So uh, that's a that's a interesting problem to have at this day and age, huh? I mean, you would think he uh, of all the places, Vegas would still be the place that if he needed to bet it four different spots and get down, like you said, a hundred, hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I mean, uh, San Diego State right now money line is one thirty. I would assume around town he could get down that kind of money. 
if he combined Superbook, Circa, South Point, Golden right. Nugget, they would take his action. But again, if you're flying from Florida to Vegas and you got to run around town and spray money, it's inconvenient. And then, look, I mean, we're having big-picture conversations here. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you saw me go at Mattress Mac the other day because I'm Uh-oh. sick of this guy. Uh-oh. You know, he, well, dude, he can, okay, he can bet $4 million on a national title future, but I got a buddy who can't lay 4000 Like, right. that's a problem. Right. And they only do it because Mattress Mac <laughs> drives headlines. Right. And Mattress Mac gets the media involved. But I've, I've got buddies that can't, you know, they can't make a $400 bet at some of these books. And Mattress Mac can walk in with $4.5 million and bet a future. And that's, it's the imbalance of the space. You're going to laugh at this one. Sam Paniotovich is with us from Nesson and Fox Sports. Uh, I'm going down for the Westwood One uh, Final Four Radio Row and in Houston. And the booker who's been booking for like 10 years and I actually worked for uh, in radio about 25 years ago, he's like, he's like, I got you someone. I, I, booked, I booked someone great for you coming right out of the gates. And I was like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And he's like, oh, yeah, Mattress Mac. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> the, oh, with, the, with the feelings on this show, with the feelings on this show. You guys kill this guy all the time. Oh, he's going to be well, on. Well, dude, I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's stupid because he, he, he guarantees this money if X happens, right? If, if the Houston Astros win the World Series, you get X. And then if the Astros win, he just takes his million-dollar bet to win $10 million and covers all of his business losses. Yeah. But then if the Astros don't win the World Series – you got to pay for your mattress. So he, he breaks even no matter what, and, and more times than not, he's ahead. I just I don't like the guy. I just don't. It's personal. I would tell him that to his face. In fact, I've met him a couple times, and he was not a good dude in person. So I, oh, I have wow. no issue saying what I'm saying. Right, and you know what, Sam and Pete? It's, here's the thing. I agree with you, and what the problem is is the media has caused us to not like this guy because that part of it rarely gets told or it gets told once in a while that so it he they the media makes it out to be like Mattress Mac made another big bet it should be in every single story if you're going to make that the big story so you can get clicks then you got to put in the disclaimer that and explain the whole mattress deal with clients and that he's not really losing that money when he's losing that it's because he's making back money on the on the mattress and that disclaimer so it causes all of us to have disdain because the story gets out there without the real story being told he's basically free rolling i mean if you think about it you know he's you know he said if, you, if houston wins the national title you get a free mattress and let's say that he sold 5,000 mattresses, which he probably didn't. But, I mean, I bought a mattress two years ago. It was two grand. You know, those, those add up. And then, okay, he's going to bet $5 million on Houston to win $34 million. So he's, he's basically free-rolling the promo, which, again, it's, it's a little shady. I'm sure it's legal. I'm not saying that it's not legal, but it's, it's just a weird, weird situation. It would piss me off too if I had ha- if I could get two thousand dollars down on a mattress, but I couldn't for- get four hundred dollars down on a bet. I get it, Timothy. Four hundred. I was trying to get a bet down today. I'm sure you guys saw this too. I bet a I bet a dime on the White Sox at MGM to win the division. Let's ignore the fact that everybody's telling me, "Oh, that that's a dumb bet. It won't win." Okay, all right. Let's get over that. But I tried to I tried to have somebody make a bet in Illinois. You know, who has an account in Illinois, and one of the books is like, "Yeah, we're not going to give you a thousand. We'll give you one hundred and fifty. And and I'm just I'm I'm upset because I it's a bet that probably doesn't win. That's the reality. 
It's a 250 shot or three to one shot to win a division that's wide open. It probably doesn't win. Yet you won't take 150 from me, but you're going to take X from somebody else. It's just, it's an imperfect world, boys. Sammy, we are up against it. I will get your thoughts uh, off the air and relay them to the audience on uh, what you're going to play in the Final Four. I appreciate the time, okay? All right, see you guys. There he is, Sam Paniotovich from Nesson and Fox Sports. Make sure you check out the write-ups on Fox Sports. And he's on the TV side. You can see a lot of the videos they put together at NessonBets.com. Remember, all the basketball action is right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, Final Four doubleheader on Saturday and the championship game on Monday. Or check out LVSportsNetwork.com.